We are looking into the basis or the basics of our faith, and we are looking at number four in uh, the list of uh, essential fundamental beliefs, and that is the fall of man. Uh, I'm going to ask Brother Pasquale to come. Uh, he is going to minister the word. He is a man that loves the word of God. I remember years ago, is that the same Bible you've had? I love I remember years ago looking at his Bible one time. He had it on the, the counter back there and turning pages, and everything's highlighted, even, even passages in Leviticus. I mean, you know, you know he reads the Word when you're highlighting almost everything. I said, is there anything on, that's not highlighted? But that's a love for the Word of God, and I know um, he's a good communicator. He leads our, one of our life groups. And so would you just welcome him and just open up your heart to receive the Word of God? Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, this is a new Bible, and it's, the yellow stuff is in there, too. The yellow highlighter. The fall of man. Wow, that, is, that sounds very heavy. It is very heavy. I think theologians are still trying to debate it. We're not going to get into some theological thing today. But the fall of man. You know, we, to do the fall of man, we've got to go to the beginning. In Genesis 1, God created. In Genesis 3, man fell. It didn't take too long, did it? It never does when we leave God out. But in, in faith, let's go back a little bit further. What is man? And David, in Psalm chapter 8 and in Psalm chapter 144, he said, Lord, what is man that you are mindful of him? You could put your name in there. God, what, who am I that you care about me, that you care about us? Why? Why do you care about us? You know, society views humanity with two highs and two lows. That's how they look at man. Give me an example, right? I want you to think about all those rate yourself surveys that you've had to take. You know, one through ten, rate yourself in these categories. Now, listen, humanity always tells us we always end up going down the road of four, three, we're too low, eight, nine, we're too high. Or if we're sick and tired of the surveys, we just go five all the way down the line and defeats the whole point of the, sur the survey. Or how, or how about the newest, newest influencer that comes on the scene that says, you've been doing this particular thing all wrong. There's only one way to eat a certain type of food. It's just you've been doing it all wrong. The Bible, God's word, depicts us as we really are. So we, before we can get to the fall of humanity, let's see what God really, really says about us. What does he say? He says that we are special. So if you have a low esteem of yourself, just pick it up a couple of notches. God says that we are special objects. You, I, we are the objects of his creative power. In the beginning, God. In Genesis chapter 1, let's read that. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, it says, Then God said, Let us make man... In our image, according to our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over the cattle, over the earth, over every creeping thing. So God created man in his own image. 
in the image of God, he created them, just in case you missed it the first time. He created them male and female. Then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. And then in verse 31, he says, then God saw everything that he had done, and indeed it was very good. You know, when you were in first, second, or third grade, at least in mine, they had grading categories. Good, fair, poor, very good. You know, parents always wanted to see that very good. Then they got VG, you know. Listen, God created you and me. He said it was very good. So if you've never gotten a very good, you got one now. The image and likeness that are referenced in this verse implies that there's something like God about us. And that comes into both the nature and the moral image. What do we mean by that? By nature, it refers to aspects of our personality and our individuality. Aren't you glad that God gave you a personality and an individuality that you could share with somebody else who's totally different than you? If you're not, you should. Okay? And the aspect of moral refers to our will and our freedom or our choice that makes fellowship and communication with God possible. And you know what? On top of that, we get to determine the degree of our fellowship with God. Just a little in this box, or you can have the whole thing, God. We get to determine, if you will. We get to choose that is based on our will and our freedom. He, he not only made us a special object of his creative power, but the other part of it is we are dependent upon God's sustaining power. How many have you, of you have tried to do something on your own and you've been successful but only got you so far? John 15, well, we're going to go there too, I guess. I hope I put a marker in here. John, John is probably one of my favorite New Testament books. It just puts a lot of things in order. John 15 verse 1 says, Jesus says, I'm the vine, and my father is the vine dresser. And then in verse 5 it says, I'm the vine again, and you're the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For without me, you could do nothing. Listen. God, our Father, is the vine dresser. He takes care of the vineyard. Jesus is our vine. We're the branches, and we're attached to that vine. As I was writing that down, I thought of my father. He was an agriculturalist. He could grow things like, really? And when they bought the house that we ultimately lived in for a while, he started taking these little, I don't know what you call them, little sprouts, and he created, has anybody ever seen one of those tremendous grape arbors? Right? So he's got three, six, he's got eight little stumps, and they all started to grow up holes. And I'm like, a little sprout, come on. And by the springtime or within a certain time, that little vine started to grow. And then a certain amount of time, that whole frame was filled with the vine. And lo and behold, that was nice, gave a little shade. 
Well, lo and behold, the time after that, you started seeing little branches. Not big, but little branches start to sprout out from the vine. And on those branches were all kinds of clusters of grapes. I don't know how my father did it, but you would have those delicious little black grapes that if you squirted, they'd go all over the place. And then you had the, the green grapes, and then you had the green California grapes with no seeds. Man, sweet as can be. And how did you make this all grow on this vine? Because the vine dresser took care of the vine, and the branch was producing what the vine was saying produce. Unfortunately, Romans chapter 1 if you read that in full, it'll kind of be like a horse kicking you in the head. Clearly tells us that humanity is capable and has fallen into all kinds of idolatry, perversion, and sin. They became absorbed with self. We've become sometimes absorbed with ourselves. That fall, that self-absorption, Let's stop right there. Well, we've discussed what is man. The next step, what happened to man? What happened? God intended good. What happened? Well, as the pastor was mentioning about doing this topic, theologians can probably go on with this thing for days and weeks. And we, he, we, he made a comment about, you know, how do you unscramble an egg? And it got me thinking about this children fairy, ta fairy tale story. You know, Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses and all the king's, king's men couldn't put Humpty Dumpty back together again. So we're going to make it as light as can be with the Humpty Dumpty story. Amen. He sat on a wall. Listen, mankind through the deception, it says in Genesis that the serpent was more cunning than all the other creatures that God had created. And he caused deception to go into the minds and the hearts of Adam and Eve. First he says, did God really say that? Brings a little question mark. And then if God really loves you, why would he not want you to experience all the joys, quote unquote, of life? Especially that tree right in the middle over there. So the deception came in. It clearly tells us, absorbed with self. That fall, that self-absorption, it affected, and listen, it clouded their understanding. This is in Romans, of nature and the very laws of nature. Look around you. You'll see what I mean. It won't take too long to figure out. So if Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall... Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. Humanity and its, and its tendency towards sin, it began with Adam and Eve, but listen, it didn't just stop there. It began with Adam and Eve, but it reached throughout all of history. It affected the entire human race, by the way, which really there is one human race. It affected everyone, everything. It affected even nature. In the beginning, Adam and Eve were created, we think of like, oh, they were just innocent. But listen, they were created with real holiness of heart. What do we mean? They had a genuine inclination, a desire, an affection to walk with God, to talk with God, to fellowship with God, to communicate with God. I share with him, he shares with me. 
their fall, our fall, ruined their affection for God. Self became more important. Deception became reality, if you will. Their skewed, or their like initial putting off of certain things became, well, that's a possibility. Their genuine desire turned instead into first unwillingness. They heard God calling in the garden, and, you know, they got a little nervous because they weren't exactly right. Then their unwillingness turned to reluctance. They hid. Why would you hide from God? And then their reluctance ultimately turned into avoidance. Uh Uh-oh. We don't want to deal with this. In Genesis, one of the most popular lines there is, Adam, where are you? You know, when you can't find your child for a second, where are you? And you're listening and there's no response. I mean, it's not like God got called off God and surprised as to what happened. But they were in hiding. It's one thing when you're child is playing a game hide and seek and they're hiding and you're calling and it's another thing when you know like they're totally like I have no idea Adam where are you Adam and Eve's fall caused them to become aware of a very serious things one their sin they found they looked they were naked they never knew that before then they were aware that they were alienated from God that's why they hid Then they realized that their falling, that their failure, that their sin, there was a penalty attached. Never experienced that before. And that they would have to suffer from that penalty. And the Lord says in chapter 3 of Genesis, the ground became cursed. And from the sweat of your brow, imagine that if they didn't do that, we wouldn't have to be sweating from our brow to do work. Work would be pleasurable. Listen, I know it's hard to comprehend sometimes, and theologians will debate, and it's hard even in this today's culture to put this into practice. But listen, God in his holiness could not and cannot ignore the disruption of his divine law. We could say no, 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 but God says yes, yes, yes. And the best, easiest way I can explain that is, listen, You can argue, we can argue all we want about the aspects of gravity. Just don't go up on the roof and jump. Right? Adam Adam and Eve didn't just cause, uh, receive personal consequences. You know, we live in a day and a culture that, you know, we're victims. And things are victimless crimes, if you will. Listen. They suffered personal consequences, but the entire human race was infected by sin. Sin did not exist until they failed, disobeyed. Innocence was lost. The divine image in humanity that they had, that we had, was distorted. Boy, is it distorted today. And it was weakened. It's not that important. It's just not important. People became enslaved to sin, and they became in discord. 
Read after chapter 3 and you'll see what happened after 3 with family members upon family members and others who, I did worse than you, I need better protection than you. Next thing you know, the blame game goes on. Eve blamed Adam, Adam blamed Eve, Eve blamed the serpent, the serpent blamed everybody else. Ultimately, death entered the world. They weren't going to die. Imagine, we could be living, well, we will. We're gonna, listen, the fall of man just by its very nature sounds like, wow, man, that's a heavy topic. We're going to end up in a good, we're going to end up on good ground in, in a couple of minutes, okay? We have to end up on good ground. Otherwise, we're worse than we could possibly think. Ultimately, death entered the world. Even nature suffered at the fall. The ground produced thorns and thistles, okay? You go in your garden at the beginning of the spring, and you'd go through those rocks that are there. So we've asked, what is man? We've asked, what has happened to man? The next logical question is, what now? Well, if Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall and Humpty Dumpty had a great fall, who's going to put Humpty Dumpty back together again? And even more important, can he be put back together again? Can he? Listen. We can look through all of history and we realize kings and kingdoms can't put it back together again. All the king's horses, all the king's men couldn't do it. And in history, from beginning till today, kingdoms and kings cannot put us back together. Regardless of what they promise, they're lying. They can't do it. It is not by might or by power, but it's by the Spirit of God that it can be done. So then what now? What do we do? We're stuck in limbo somewhere. We're stuck. It's like, you know those, those uh, what do they call those, Pastor Mike, when you jump off of a, out of a plane and you've got a long rope and it springs? A bungee jumpy. He, gets jumped, he jumps out of the plane and something mishap happens. The rope doesn't break, but he's suspended in the air there waiting for someone to come and get him. That's why you're never going to do it, right? We get stuck, suspended somewhere with who's, can I? Who's going to help me? Can I be helped? But God can. And listen, and God did. We just have to understand it and maybe push away the deception. Listen, the, the, the Lord didn't say that the serpent, representative of the devil, was more cunning than all the others. He's the father of lies. He's been the father of lies since the beginning. He comes to kill. Nope. Destroy. He comes to accuse. So God did. But how? Isaiah 59. This is the good stuff, okay? You can get ready to jump. Isaiah 59 verse 1 says, The Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save. So when you are suspended somewhere in air and you think, I can't get put back together again, the Lord's hand isn't shortened that it can't pull you out of the mess that we've made for ourselves. Some of it we made for ourselves. Others, it wasn't our own choosing. We didn't tell Adam and Eve, do this. I'll be glad you did. No. And by the way, if we were Adam and Eve, we'd probably do the same exact thing. It's not shortened that it can't save. Thank God that's the case. I don't have to rely on so-and-so. I don't have to rely on what's and what's. Because you know what? They're going to disappoint me. I'm going to probably disappoint them. It's a mutually exclusive thing. But thank God he's not. 
John chapter 3.16. Do I have to ask you? It's probably the most quoted scripture in all of the Bible. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have what? Everlasting life. Listen, thank God for Jesus. Who didn't say, oh no, it's too hard for me. I'm, I'm, I'm checking out. Who could have called legions of angels and said, enough is enough. I'm going to show you and prove you who I am. But no, he endured what we could not, what we should have endured. I know we fell. But thank God we didn't stay there. John 12, 32, Jesus said, if I be I will draw all people unto myself. Thank God for Calvary. Listen, it's not by goodness. It's not by looks. It's not by whatever social status you have. It is by the shed blood of Jesus Christ that we're going anywhere. And if it wasn't for Calvary, we'd be having a big question mark. What now? Matthew chapter 28, verse 5 and 6 says, Angel said to those who came to the tomb, you seek Jesus. He's not here. He has risen just like he said. Thank God for the resurrection. Because if there was no resurrection, it would be just well-meaning love, but with nothing to back it up. God not only stretched his arms, but he rose so that we can rise. Revelations 5.5, let's put an exclamation point on this, just in case you're wondering, well, what about my future? It says in 5.5, the lion of the tribe of Judah has prevailed. Thank God we have an ultimate victory. Yes, in Genesis, the beginning, we fell. Thank God we read the rest of the book and we prevailed. God wasn't surprised, nor was he well, he was disappointed, but he wasn't shocked, nor did he have to come up with plan B and C and D. He had already in the works that Jesus would come on the scene. If you've read the book, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, there's a, there's a, a, a phrase in there, Aslan is on the move. And whenever you hear Aslan is on the move, that means Jesus is doing something. And listen, if you fell too far that you think, look at Adam and Eve, man. They created this whole mess. They've made it such a mess. And you know what? The world has been good at picking up on that mess and making it so convoluted and complicated and intertwined that there's no simple solution nor fix in the human realm. But we have a Bible. We have the word of God that says heaven and earth will pass away. But my word, you better bank on it. If you're looking for some kind of return on your money, bank on it because it's going to endure forever. And Jesus puts that much more credit over his word than he does his own name. Because if I've said it, it's coming to pass. So what is man? What happened to man? Now what? In Acts chapter 2, when the Spirit of God came and Peter rose up and preached, and he preached, and he preached to multitudes that were there. And his word cut them to the heart. You know what they said? What shall we do? Don't just close your eyes and say, I'm too far. It's really too complicated for me. 
The world has, makes things complicated. Let's un, you want to talk about unscrambling an egg? There it is. It's unscrambled. Make it simple. What shall we do? Peter said, repent and be baptized. Repent because you know what? We've fallen. Let's admit it. We've fallen. And be baptized. In other words, identify now with Christ, not with the deception you believed. And when we begin to identify with Christ, all of a sudden, we get new life. We get new everything. We don't have to be fixed. Like Humpty Dumpty, you know, uh, some of the little cartoons, they show how Humpty Dumpty kind of got fixed, and there's band-aids everywhere. Well, too much leaked out. It was not enough. God said, I'm going to make you new. Everyone who is in Christ is now a new creation. Old things, listen, say old things have passed away, but new things, I, they've come for me. I'm new. We may not look new because we have flesh and blood, but one day we're going to be new. We, 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 a close friend, we just went to the funeral of Rosalie Lepinto, right? Man, she was ached in, with all kinds of pain and suffering and ailments. Of, too numerous to go out. She's got a brand new body. Do you think she's crying now because of her aches and pains? No. All has been made new even in the future. It's been made new today, and it's been made new in our future. I know the fall is a humdrum. How do we? get out of this theologically but thank God it's not where it ended from the beginning Jesus said God said that yes you may bruise his heel referring to Christ but he's going to crush your head God will shortly shortly crush Satan under your feet whatever it might be that's the failure whatever it might be like I'm not getting out and whatever it might be look at all the band-aids on me shortly the Lord will bring deliverance. He will bring salvation. It's not by friends, family, etc. God said it's by my righteous right arm. In the Old Testament when God talked about his righteous right arm it wasn't about physical power. When he stretched out the rivers parted. When he stretched out the enemy's camps got all disarrayed. They fought one another. When he stretched out deliverances came. When he stretched out salvation came. Yes, Adam and Eve blew it. We would have too, but Jesus Christ, he has prevailed. Praise the Lord. Let's all stand together. Pastor, do you want to close? Amen. What a good word. Isn't it awesome about the truth of God's word? Jesus said, you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Even truth that might seem unpleasant has a power to change us and to make us aware of our need. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. We saw the fall of man, but we also got saved. We're really going to get saved next Sunday. Because next Sunday is the doctrine of the salvation of man. What happened? You don't want to miss any of these. These are critical for the renewing of your mind, for the changing of your life. You know, you see the things of God or a sermon. It's not one and done. It's a continuous. Why? Because we need our minds to be renewed every day, every week. And I just praise God for what a glorious day we had, the praise and the worship, the communion, the prayer, the giving, the preaching of the word. We are blessed today. Amen. Would you lift your hands as we just receive another blessing, even as God taught Moses to teach Aaron and his sons, the Lord bless you, the Lord keep you, the Lord cause his face to shine upon you, and the Lord give you peace. The shalom of God rest upon you and your family in Jesus' name. And everyone said,
Amen and amen. God bless you. God bless you. Amen.